Hello, Ross Sharp here again with another episode of Aeronautica. This rotorcraft fell between two stools, or two rotors, the Westland Belvedere HC1. The Westland Belvedere HC1 was the Royal Air Force's first heavy lift helicopter, but it had a difficult berth, which left it with a less than optimal design, a short production run, and an accident-prone service career. The Bristol Aircraft Company had built the Royal Air Force's first British-designed helicopter, the Sycamore HR-12, which entered service in 1952, and it seemed logical, therefore, that the company would tender for specification E4-47 for a 10-place twin-engined helicopter. After a lot of design effort and wind tunnel testing, the first test example, the Type 173, emerged with two 575-horsepower Alvis Leonides piston engines and two three-bladed wooden Bristol Sycamore rotor heads, one at either end of a tubular fuselage. This prototype, serial X-ray Fox 785, was flown at the 1952 Society of British Aircraft Constructors Show, as it was then known, at Farnborough. This was, of course, the tragic air show where the test pilot John Derry and his flight test observer Anthony Richards were killed in the crash of the DH-110 prototype, with 28 spectators being killed by debris. After trials of the big Bristol helicopter by both the Royal Navy and the Royal Air Force, no orders were forthcoming and a major rework was undertaken. Two parallel designs emerged, one was a proposal to the Royal Navy for a long-range homing torpedo-equipped sub-hunter, the Type 191, and a similar design for the Royal Canadian Navy, the Type 193. Ultimately, both of these proposals failed. There were many political undercurrents to the Canadian decision, for example. However, interest was once again being shown by the Royal Air Force, since the Leonides were to be replaced by powerful turboshaft engines and a new rotor head and blades were being developed, along with distinctive compound and hedral rear stabilising fins. It was at this point that life became really complicated. In 1957, the UK government had issued a radical, and some say disastrous, defence white paper, Duncan Sandys, the minister concerned, cancelled almost every fighter project except the P-1, which became the Lightning, and focused on missiles and rockets. He was a fanatic about rockets. Westland, like Bristol, a West of England company, was selected by the government to take over the whole of the British helicopter business, a decision that would come back to haunt later British governments. So, in March 1960, Westland bought the Bristol helicopter unit for 5 million Westland shares and £2 million in cash, some 10% of the value of the company. Now operating as the Bristol Helicopter Division of Westlands, out of the former Bristol plant at Mixon, Western Supermare, the next task was to use the three cancelled Type 191 airframes to develop a viable heavy-lift helicopter for the Royal Air Force. A series of pre-production standard machines were sent to Royal Air Force Odium, to the west of London, where much of the Royal Air Force's helicopter expertise was centred. The first five prototypes had wooden rotor blades and manual controls. 
X-Ray Golf 447, the first to this interim standard, made its initial flight on the 5th of July 1958 and a production batch of 26 was ordered shortly thereafter. Metal rotor blades and hydraulic boosted flying controls were to come later. The mechanism for these was fitted underneath the cockpit floor in a distinctive chin bulge. The Western Belvedere HC-1, as it was now named, inevitably called the beveled gear by workers at the Mixon plant, had an all-metal fuselage of ovoid cross-section with a 1,465 horsepower, eventually 1,685, Napier Gazelle NGA2 turboshaft at each end. These were derated to approximately 910 shaft horsepower and connected by a synchronising shaft, so that in the event of an engine failure, the other engine could be boosted beyond its normal rating and drive both sets of rotors. This automatic process took only two seconds, and it is said that the only way a pilot could tell it had happened was if he monitored the relevant cockpit gauges. The presence of the engine and transmission immediately behind the cockpit meant that access was via a curving narrow gangway to the port side of the engine and that the two pilots had no easy means of reaching the third member of the crew in the fuselage during flight. Similarly, the rear engine blocked any possibility of fitting a rear loading door to the design, something that would have been added great utility to the Belvedere. Indeed, the fact that the front wheels of the aircraft were self-castering and quite tall a relic of the naval design so that homing torpedoes could be easily loaded, made for a main fuselage door that was no less than four feet off the ground. Not ideal for a machine that had resupply of forces in the field as one of its main tasks. The Belvedere trials unit quickly settled into the swing of things, which including showing that a fully laden Land Rover and trailer could be swung from the central external hook. The Belvedere could also carry an MGR-1 Honest John Battlefield missile or a Bristol Bloodhound SAM easily. One of the most impressive loads ever carried was on the 28th of April 1962 when the avant-garde metal spire designed by Sir Basil Spence was lifted into place to top out his new Coventry Cathedral, built alongside the ruins of the medieval one which was destroyed by the Luftwaffe in World War II. No first tour helicopter pilots were posted to the Belvedere Trials Unit as the big helicopter was a bit of a handful. To start the twin turbo shafts you had to select the appropriate AVPIN unit then fire a starter cartridge which compressed slash ignited the volatile AVPIN which is isopropyl nitrate or 2-propyl nitrate Avpin is a monopropellant which requires no oxygen to ignite it. It burns with a fierce invisible flame and can be classified as a low-grade explosive. A few of the early jets, such as the Gloucester Javelin and some Hawker Hunters, also used Avpin and there were many fires and accidents caused by this compound. Another problem was the fact that a major byproduct of Avpin combustion is gaseous hydrocyanic acid. HCN, which caused streaming eyes and throat problems. The trials unit was formed into number 66 squadron, motto, beware, I have warned, which was sent overseas 
shortly after demonstrating their prowess by unloading Land Rovers and troops onto barges floating on the River Thames during the 1961 Lord Mayor's Show. The Belvedere was also used by No. 26 and 72 squadrons, which went to Aden, Royal Air Force Kormaxa, and Germany, Royal Air Force Gutteslow, respectively. Great Britain was not in any declared wars in the 1960s, but was heavily involved in actions against rebels in the south of the Arabian Peninsula and in an armed confrontation with the Republic of Indonesia during 1962-4 in Brunei. Sorties were flown from Labuan in Borneo in support of detachments of Gurkha and other British troops in the jungle. I am told that the priorities in loads were A. Male B. Beer C. Food in that order. What with flying in replacements and performing Casivac sorties, the Belvedere's were kept very busy. They could even lift out downed Westland Whirlwind helicopters, license-built Sikorsky S-55s from the jungle, when the engine and rotor blades had been removed. The jungle was certainly unforgiving when it came to aircraft crashes. In May 1962, a Belvedere went down near Long Pai Sai in Borneo, killing all 16 on board including three leading members of No. 22's Special Air Services Regiment. Meanwhile, 26 Squadron were deeply engaged in supporting British troops, including the Parachute Regiment, Royal Marines and 3rd Royal Anglian Regiment, in and around Aden, in their actions against the Front for the Liberation of Occupied South Yemen, known as Flossie, and the National Liberation Front, NLF, and other groups. The helicopters had to be armed when they were flying resupply and support missions over the Radfan Mountains north of Aden. Both GPMG and Bren .303 machine guns could be fitted to the waste door, but No. 26 had no gunners. Consequently, No. 8 Squadron Royal Air Force, who were using their Avro Shackleton Maritime Patrol aircraft in an unconventional land attack role in the Aden Territory, loaned some of their air gunners to No. 26. There were some difficulties with maintenance. Changing a set of rotor blades was a skilled job involving a team of technicians, as was balancing the synchronising shaft and changing the slip rings on the rotor head, associated with the rotor blade strain gauges. Sadly, there were several fatal crashes. On 30th July 1962, X-ray Golf 465... J of 72 Squadron Royal Air Force, suffered an engine failure and a rotor blade impacted the fuselage. This Belvedere crashed northwest of Royal Air Force Gutteslow in Germany, with all six occupants on board being killed. The Belvedere could carry 8 to 12 stretcher cases, plus up to three medical attendants, 19 fully equipped troops, or £6,000 of cargo internally. But despite Westland taking a full-page advertisement in flight, following the 1962 Royal Air Force exercise Spearpoint in support of the British Army, saying this, This demonstrated the versatility of the Belvedere and the need for many helicopters of this class to increase the mobility and communications of forward battle troops. The Ministry of Defence was not moved. Neither was the Australian government, despite the fact that their army was in favour of purchasing the Belvedere. Also, 
the attempt to market a civilian version, the Type 192C, which was four inches wider than the military version and could carry 17 passengers in VIP class or 27 in economy, was a failure, despite the fact that a loaned Belvedere was flown between Battersea Heliport in the centre of London and Paris in one hour and 41 minutes, attaining a speed of 154 miles per hour as the fuel burnt off. British European Airways were not sufficiently impressed, and no civil orders ensued. Sadly, the last example of the Royal Air Force's first twin-engine, twin-rotor helicopter left the production line in June 1962. The type was withdrawn from Royal Air Force service on the 17th of March 1969, with a mass fly-past by helicopters of No. 66 Squadron, which was then disbanded. They had been supporting British forces in the jungles of Malaysia from their base at Royal Air Force Selatar on the island of Singapore. As an aside, it is a quirk of aviation history that no less than five Royal Air Force types, the Westland Belvedere, the Blackburn Beverly, the Supermarine Spitfire, the Bristol Bowfighter and the de Havilland Mosquito should all have performed their last Royal Air Force operational flights from Selatar. Despite such a small production run, no less than three airframes have made it into preservation, along with parts of a fourth. The Helicopter Museum at Western Supermare, a marvellous facility, founded by my old BAPC colleague, Elfin Apris, has X-Ray Golf 452 under restoration and holds the nose section of X-Ray Golf 462 as well. As you would expect, the Royal Air Force Museum, London, has X-Ray Golf 474 on display, one of the very last Belvedere's and one which took part in the disbandment flypast by No. 66 Squadron at Selatar. Here you can see probably the most unusual of the three survivors, X-Ray Golf 454, an aircraft with an unfortunate history. It was the seventh of the Belvedere's built to pre-production standard and delivered on the 17th of October 1960 to the Belvedere Trials Unit at Odium. Unfortunately, it crashed the very next month, although repairs were successful and it was reissued to the BTU in March 1961. It only lasted another five months, however, as it crashed, again, on the 30th of August. This was the end of its flying days, as it became an instructional airframe, with the serial number 8366 Mike. Eventually, it was sent to the Museum of Science and Industry at Manchester, where you can see it on display in their beautiful Victorian Market Hall building, a difficult place to exhibit large objects in. The Westland Belvedere HC1, a twin-engined rotorcraft ahead of its time.